the animated movie Shrek that most of you who've got children or some of you might have grown up watching it has real nuggets of truth in it. One of the infamous scenes is when the prince, uh, Lord Farquaad, um, who loves uh, Princess Fiona, is trying to recruit some knights who would go and fight for him. He's a coward. He isn't brave enough to go and try and rescue her from the deadly fire-breathing dragon. And therefore he starts this contact, contest in which he's trying to figure out which one would be the left one standing, who would be the knight that would have, in his words, the honor to try to rescue Princess Fiona. And here are the words that he utters, trying to give an inspirational speech. Listen to these words. Brave knights, you are the best and the brightest in all the land. Today you shall prove yourselves. The champion that shall have the honor, no, 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 the privilege, to go forth and rescue the lovely Princess Fiona from the fiery keep of the dragon. If any, if for any reason the winner is unsuccessful, the first runner-up will take his place, and so on and so forth. Some of you will die, but it's a sacrifice that I am willing to make. What a selfish attitude, and what a selfish person. I guess many of us would be familiar with something like this. Listen, conflicts are normal in life. We fall out with people, we have different opinions and different views on things. Sometimes we just say the wrong thing that gets a person upset and annoyed and disappointed. And even more so in the context of a local church, because of the diversity that the church has, it's likely that some people will fall out with each other. Because the church brings out these people that are coming in from the different walks of life with different backgrounds, different stories, different likes and dislikes. And they end up being together held by one thing. They love and follow Jesus. And therefore it's fairly normal to see conflict occurring. Well, the church in Philippi that we are looking at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to was a church that was facing conflicts. And some of it was external from false teachers who would be coming on. And you can read a little bit about it in chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And some of it was internal. And the names of two ladies are being mentioned who seemed to have a conflict that was actually affecting the whole of the church. And therefore, Paul is writing to them, addressing the issue of disunity and challenging them or encouraging them to live in unity. Now, the thing that Paul doesn't do is he doesn't moralize. He doesn't just say to them, look, be just good people. Be nice to each other. He's much deeper than that. He doesn't shame them or demand from them that they would be united. Instead, what he does, he brings a very forceful, Jesus-centered, gospel-centered. That's the good news. The gospel is the good news of Jesus, of forgiveness a new life that comes from Jesus. And instead of trying to impose uniformity upon them, he encourages them to embrace a personal conviction that is really connected to what Jesus is all about. So, let's pick up the text in Philippians 2 verses 1 to 4. 
Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Paul, how are you encouraging the church in Philippi to unity? And Paul's answer would be, I want to say to you, remember your blessings. And he says to them, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort in his love? Do you have a fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? You see, Paul's motivation through which he's saying, be united, is rooted in the fact that they have already been blessed by God and received so much from God. His motivation is God-centered. It isn't a stick. It isn't a carrot. It was just a reminder to look at the things that God had already given to them. And the first thing he says, he says, you belong to Christ. So you have an acceptance and an adoption. And that should make us fall backwards in awe and say, we are blessed. We as sinners, undeserving sinners, have been welcomed into God's family. What an amazing privilege. What a blessing. And then he says to them, if you are comforted, do you have any comfort from his love? And of course, the Philippians would say, yes, Jesus' love is comforting us every day. That means that we receive his affection. And then he says, do you have any fellowship together in the spirit? You see, this is the gift that God has given us through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And we are so blessed. We not only have the work of Jesus, what Jesus has done for us, and the love of Jesus that we experience every day, but we have, have the assistance that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What Paul is trying to draw out from them is for them to see how rich they are because of Jesus and his work in their lives. And then he says, do you have a tenderness and a compassion? And it's almost like one of those digs in the ribs that husbands or wives do to each other. It's almost like Paul is saying, come on, remember what Jesus did for you. Remember his work. Remember the blessings. Remember that you were accepted and adopted in his family. Remember that you got his affection. Remember that you have the assistance of the Holy Spirit in your life. You are blessed. How could you not love one another? That's his dig in the ribs that he starts by encouraging us to remember our blessings. And this is so important. Spiritually healthy lives are lives that are always in constant awe of the work of Jesus in our lives. I think we cannot but be united if our hearts are filled with gratitude. If our hearts are filled with praise, and Paul knows that, and that's why he's saying, remember your blessings. 
because once our hearts are filled with praise and gratitude, there's no room for bitterness and anger and jealousy and gossip and all those toxic signs of disunity. Maybe this is a time for every single one of us just to take a step back and review and rejoice in the gifts that we have because we have the same gifts that the Philippians had. The second thing that Paul does, he encourages them to renounce selfishness. Let me read to you from the message where Eugene Peterson paraphrases Paul's words. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. See, the original fall from grace was Satan. Satan was an angel of the Lord who thought of himself higher than God and he rebelled. Isaiah describes this by saying, and you can find Isaiah 14 verses 12 to 14 and then another reference would be Ezekiel 28 if you've got time, Ezekiel 28 verses 1 to 10. This is what is being said. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, who you once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself the most high. That is the original pride and selfishness. And Paul is saying we've got to fight consistently to renounce that. You see, selfishness is sin by definition and the fruit of sin. Once man fell into sin through Adam and Eve, selfishness came into this world. People say, why is there so much selfishness? It is because of sin. And Cain became very envious and very angry with his brother and killed him. That's because of selfishness. Abraham, because he wants safety and to some degree a sense of prosperity, he lies about his wife claiming to be his sister. David sleeps with somebody, a woman who isn't his wife, because he's lustful. And he takes something that isn't his. Selfishness is the fruit of pride. And Paul is saying, if you want to see unity amongst yourselves, you've really got to fight. You've got to renounce selfishness. You've got to let go of that sinful instinct that is within all of us to put ourselves first, neglect others, and even hurt others in order to achieve our own satisfaction and purposes. I love the way Paul puts it. He's saying, be humble and think of others better than yourselves and don't look to your own interest. That's how you fight selfishness. You see others more important than yourselves and you do not push your way to get what you want. That is how you fight selfishness. And Paul is saying, you want to see unity amongst yourselves, you've got to remember God's blessings and you've got consistently to fight this selfish instincts that would kill us. 
You know, sometimes when we think about humility, we can be just tempted to say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just try to stay humble. But actually, just as much as we need to fight racism and be proactive about that, it's the same with selfishness. We need to be anti-selfish and to try to destroy and diminish anything that is leading that way. How do we do that? Well, we need to rid in ourselves the constant craving to live a me-centered life, where everything is about my needs, my wants, my likes. We need to fight that, because that's a breeding ground for selfishness and disunity. And very often that can be seen in the life of the church through complaining, gossiping, forming cliques, or seeking attention. And Paul is saying, don't do that if you want to see unity. Sky Jathani, talking about consumerism within the life of the Christian, he says this, when we approach Christianity as consumers rather than seeing it as a comprehensive way of life, an interpretive set of beliefs and values, Christianity becomes just one more brand we consume along with Gap, Apple, Starbucks to express our identity. The demotion of Jesus Christ from Lord to label means to live as a Christian no longer carries an expectation of obedience and good works, but rather the perpetual consumption of Christian merchandise and experience. We need to fight that sense of consumerism where everything is about my needs, my wants, and actually even my relationship with God is so me-centered and Jesus doesn't take his rightful place. That is not the life he intends for us. Very often we express that in terms of gathering together. I, I hear that so very often. People say, I'll go to that meeting if I have time, if I'm in the mood and depending on who is there, rather than laying it all down and renouncing that selfishness and actually thinking, I'm going there because I could be there for somebody else. It isn't just about meeting my needs, but it's about being an encouragement to other people. I think this is a question that's really daunting to me. And here it is. If everyone in the church would be as selfish or selfless as I am, how attractive would that church be? In other words, if everyone would have the approach that I have with regards to church, either by being too selfish or by being really generously selfless, how attractive would that church be? Because what would make our church attractive is every single one of us living selfless lives. And this has great implications to the two essential things in the Christian life, the great command about loving one another and the great commission is about loving those who don't know Jesus yet enough to share the good news of what that's about. So Paul is saying, remember the blessings that you have and renounce selfishness proactively. Let's be anti-selfish. What does it look like? Well, let me read to you from Acts chapter 4. One of the first communities of Christians who was filled with the Spirit of God, Acts 4.32. All believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, and they shared everything they had. There were no needy people amongst them because people who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles and give it to those in need. 
That's what it looks like to be anti-selfish. That's what it looks like to create an environment of unity where we are radically caring and generous with one another. Let me finish with a, with, with a really simple illustration. Many years ago, a 10-year-old boy walked up to the counter of a local uh, refreshment shop and climbed on a stool, caught the eye of the waitress and said, how much is that? This was happening in the States. How much is that ice cream sundae? And the waitress said, well, about 50 cents. The boy reached in his pocket, looked at the change that he had in his pocket, and the waitress was frowning impatiently. In the end, he decided to make his order and he said, how much is a dish of plain ice cream? And she said, 35 cents. Again, he looked at the change that he had and he said, I'll have the plain ice cream plate, please. She did bring his order. He enjoyed it. And after the, the, the boy was gone, she picked up the empty dish and then stopped herself on the counter next to the wet spot where the dish had been. There was the rest of the money from 50 cents because the boy had enough for a Sunday, but he wanted to make sure that he had something less like the plain ice cream in order to give her a tip. That's what we're talking about. And how much more as the heart of God, the generous heart of God, changes our heart to make us people to realize, who realize we are so blessed. And Jesus has adopted us in his family through his sacrifice on the cross. He is showering us with his affection. He has given us the Holy Spirit as our assistance. And then, like Paul is challenging us, let's put others first. And let's not put our needs before others. This is what it looks like in action. Sacrificing ourselves so that others could be blessed. Amen.